episode 239, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, Episode 7, Together or Not at All. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, and welcome to Welcome to Level 7. This is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with... Samantha, uh, Agent Samantha, Ninja in Training. That's right, and Partner in Crime. And what is the crime that we are partnering in? Well, it's the MCU and Marvel Cinematic Universe. We like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At least I do. I think you do too, correct? Uh, Kind of. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So... We like the cinematic universe. We like to talk about the cinematic universe. And the reason that we are doing this in podcast form is because of this show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This this show, this TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is what caused us to do this podcast that has grown into this monster of a – I mean, the, the, our back catalog. There's, there's a lot of episodes there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and there is a lot of Marvel out there right now, so – we are here to talk about it. And we're in the fifth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this is not where I thought we would be if you were to turn back time and go back to that first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is a very, very interesting place that we have found ourselves in. And But they've kept the title and they've kept the agents. And, yeah. Uh, even though the movie isn't necessarily recognizing the agents, uh, we still got the title. And here, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the prophesied Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who would come and save the world. Sometime we need to talk about that prophecy because I, I don't think the prophecy is actually what the people who are there are actually waiting for. You know, they're, they're, there, they're there thinking the agents are going to come and save us. But we're expecting the agents to save the world from cracking in half. Um, Considering the way that this episode ended this week, I would not be surprised if we see the prophecy in full in the following episode. That's possible. That's quite possible. And very, well, yeah, very interesting ending. Very, very interesting ending. Yes. So we got some things to get through before we get to that. We got two pieces of news. One is the one that I prepped you for, and the other is something I didn't prep you for, but you know what's going on. So are you ready? Let's start. Yes. Let's start there. Shield Intelligence Report. All right, Samantha. So here's the news. Variety's, yeah. Variety's headline is this. Yeah. Marvel's standalone Black Widow movie gains momentum with Jack Schaefer writing. So what does that mean? It means that there is momentum behind a Black Widow movie because they hired a writer. <laughs> and <laughs> which is more, I mean it doesn't mean it's been greenlit, but it does mean that that some things are happening here. And it sounds like this might be something that is just going to happen. About time. <sighs> Yeah, we've talked about this, though. Yeah. I I personally would rather we had a different movie than Black Widow because Black Widow does not. She's not a compelling character to me, but at what? the same it's she's she's done her thing. You know, we've, we've seen all this stuff. I feel like there's not too much more that I want to see. But here's the thing, Samantha, as much as I would love to see more new characters get movies there aren't that many Marvel female characters that aren't (laughs) X-Men to get movies, you know? And so, um, and and, yeah. And so if you're going to have another female led movie, uh, I think black widows, that's the place you got to go. Yeah. Well, black widow is, um, Russian born from what I understand. Uh, and the character, I, I think, I believe she was, 
Well, yeah, of course. She was created during the Cold War uh, when Russia was a communist nation. And um, she's a spy, basically. She's she's a female James Bond. She's an assassin. She, Yeah. Um, I would have her either have, like, in the same way that Wonder Woman was entirely a flashback, I would do either that as a story about how she broke away from the organization that raised her to be an assassin, or I would have it um, as a standalone movie against another, uh, a modern, uh, a current present day uh, enemy. But fans have been wanting a black widow movie for a very long time. And I, it just feels like, like Marvel has been dragging their feet about pushing this forward. Really? I, I just wish that there was, and this is this is the symptom of the problem. You know, I wish there were characters that weren't just she Hulk, Spider Woman. You know, that they could do something with, and and give a new character. I mean, we're we're getting Captain Marvel. I just think the movie is a great place. The the mo- a standalone movie is a great place to showcase a new character, and and that's what I feel like. We, uh, I wish we were showcasing a new character, but who is there? I just don't have any good ideas. I've prattled on about this. Uh, long okay. Enough. Uh, you got anything else to, to, to talk about here with, with uh, the Black Widow situation? Yes, they uh, have a writer set up for the movie. Uh, Jack Schaefer, who Jack is a woman, not a man. Uh, J-A-C. Yes. That's how she spells her first name. And uh, she's done the movie Timer, which pops up a lot in my Netflix suggestions, but I've Wait. never seen it. I think I've seen half of that. Have you? I do. If it's the movie I'm thinking of. Uh, big T, little I, big M-E-R. I think it's kind of like a near future sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um, and for some reason... Something about the premise just never really caught my eye, but now I'm curious and I want to go back and watch it. They also mentioned that um, uh, that Scarlett Johansson has uh, is getting some input as well on on the writer that they brought and the pitches that the writers were bringing. So that's also interesting, you know, to, to let a character actor take. Uh, take some ownership in, in the development of the character itself. So that's kind of cool too. Okay, cool. So the other news item that I didn't prepare you for, but that um, you do know about is uh, Patreon is, is live. And so we are asking if you would like to support us, uh, go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. And that is where you can kind of help monetarily support us as far as, um, helping us out with costs like our uh, hosting costs, equipment costs, and different things like that. And there are different levels you can support us at. And the one thing I want to just make sure everyone knows and hears is that this podcast will remain free. Welcome to the Infinity Initiative will remain free. Coverage of Netflix, free. If it's MCU and we talk about it, you're not going to have to pay a thing. It's not going behind a paywall. There will be... Uh, uh, Patreon exclusive podcast that will be relevant to your interests. Um, we already talked about it in the Runaways episode, but it's called Welcome to Level 7 Pilot Season, where we'll be talking about live action Marvel pilots and, and just kind of giving our input on that, starting with uh, the early live action stuff and going up until we'll be covering eventually uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again, and even some of the, the pilots, well, all the pilots from the, the Netflix series and that sort of thing. Months and months and months and months and months away. This will be a monthly thing. It'll be a short podcast. It's just meant to be fun and just meant to say thank you to people who have have supported us like that. But everything you're already getting, nothing is changing with that. I I, I just want to make sure people know that we're not trying to change anything on you. And we're not trying to say, hey, you got it before, but now you have to pay for it. That's not the way we're doing it. So, um, but it is something we do want to say thank you. Uh, with with some some fun stuff. So speaking of thank yous, Samantha, we've got to say some thank yous. Are are you ready? Do you have your thank yous ready to go? My thank yous. Yes. Are they ready to go? 
as far as I'm going to say the name and, and you're ready to say thank you to them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I just realized that sounds like I asked you to prepare something and I did not. And now you're wondering <laughs> what yeah. in the world did he ask me to do that? I forgot to do. Nope. Not that way. Um, we need to say thank you to agent Jeffrey and we need to say thank you to agent Andrew. And we need to say thank you to agent Adzi and all three of these people. Thank you so much. And, um, they they all um, are supporting us at different levels. And and so, yeah, we said that in January, that's when we we're going to start officially with uh, the different things that we're doing. And so this is the first official thing we are doing with Patreon. And officially, I want to say, Agent Jeffrey, thank you so much for supporting us. Agent Andrew, thank you so much for supporting us. Agent Adzi, thank you so much for supporting us. And it's appreciated. It's really appreciated. Okay, so now I get to say thank you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, Andrew, Etsy, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Uh, this is going to really help us uh, continue the podcast, and we wholeheartedly appreciate your support. Yeah. So it's going to help us not only do the podcast, but do it better, and and that's, that's the big thing that, that I appreciate as well. So... Yes. So all that said, it is time for us to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Let's do it. Mission report. Okay, so, Samantha. Yes. It's time to project ourselves 90 years into the future. And uh, I will be 132? 133, I will be 90 years in the future. And probably won't be alive then because the earth has been shattered and only a small fraction of the earth's population still exists. That's sad. I'll be 124 and probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess technically speaking, I won't be 144 because. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but there People will be. Yeah, I was going to say, people in my family, we do live to be almost a century, but no one's lived to be more than 101. So, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. doubt it. I'll be around. <laughs> well, I only say that because there were two time travelers that took the short way or the long way, rather, uh, and that's Enoch and Fitz. And then we get some more people taking the long way. So we will get to that in a little bit. But. You know, for someone who's 97, I'm just going to say that person isn't looking too bad. Yeah. So we will. We'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it. First, let's talk about Fitz and Daisy and Gemma. Because they are making their escape. We are taking off directly from where we left off last episode. But their escape is complicated by a couple problems. One, Daisy still has no powers. Two, Gemma still has her implant. Three, Cree are chasing after them. And four, their ship is blown up right before their eyes. And that was their escape. Well, it's gone. Meanwhile, <laughs> I mentioned Cree. Well, there's a guy. He's after them. He's been sent after them by uh, Cassius and his brother. And that I call him in my notes Mohawk guy. But you caught his name. What was his name? Mastendar. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Mastendar is coming after them. And as they're trying to escape up the elevator, he shuts down the elevator. And and he then starts killing people one by one as he's interrogating them to find these people. To find Quake. To find Gemma. To find Fitz. They end up in the air filtration room. And this is where they discover how there is gravity... In the station. Samantha. Yes. Why is there gravity in the, in the station? Gravitonium. <laughs> it's back. The gravitonium. It's here. Wait, hold on. Wait, wasn't this from Agent Carter? No, this was from, uh, this was from season two, season one. This is, this is what, uh, Gravitron was in. 
Oh, I really need to go back and watch the earlier season. He could be in there yeah. still. Now, the last oh. last we heard of it was it was in the fridge, and when all the stuff happened with Hydra, it was being it was taken out of the fridge, and so we really don't know where it ended up. But and it never they didn't really follow up on the actual gravitonium being, you know, where is it? And the guy who fell into it, where is he? And that is how they have gravity on the fridge on, on the fridge. That's how they have gravity in the lighthouse here is they have this gravitonium in there. Mm. Now I've heard people talking about the possibility of, of this. And we talked about the possibility of like, what if professor Gravitron and Daisy getting into a fight is what caused the, the earth to, to shatter. And, you know, maybe that's wrong now because he's here. I don't know, but. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this is still 90 years in the future. So that Gravitron had to, you know, go the slow way to get to the future. <laughs> um, the, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it could be, I don't know, a, um, a leftover element floating around in the deep vastness of, of outer space. Um, I, I don't know, but I think it's so cool. And we could possibly have, finally, follow up on that character. I mean, there's there's a handful of things that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has thrown out that we haven't gotten to come back to. And this is this is one of the biggest ones. And I think we have opportunity to actually follow up on it here. Yeah. I think they're going to jump from, because this entire pod, I have been wondering or everybody has been wondering yeah, yeah. how on earth was the earth cracked? And I think that that's a big clue about what happened. Yeah. Um, Cause we, we've been saying, we don't think Daisy's been, was the sole cause of the earth cracking. It, it's not in her nature to just, you know, destroy the earth like that. <laughs> You know, it's it's not in most people's <laughs> nature to just destroy the earth. But yeah, no, I, I agree that, I mean, if she was involved, I don't think that she was involved to the point where this is what she wanted to happen. She's not the destroyer of worlds on purpose. Right. Yeah. Being an accidental destroyer of worlds, you're, you're still a destroyer of worlds, but. True. Yeah. So, uh, Mohawk comes or Mastin, 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 Mohawk guy. Okay. I think that's easier. Well, now that I know his real name, why don't I just call him Mastodon? You know, <laughs> so Wooly Mammoth comes, uh, so Mohawk <laughs> comes and they fight. Fitz is wounded, but, uh, Fitz and Simmons and, and Daisy do escape him and they get basically one step ahead of him because they get help from Deke, low rent TV star Lord. He arrives conveniently and the convenience of his arrival causes them to not really trust him too much, but they do trust him enough to follow him. So that's kind of where I'm ending that summary of that grouping, because after this, they do come into contact with a different grouping that we're going to be going along with in a moment here. So, uh, Deke, do you trust him? I trust him to follow his own interests. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely working hard to make the case for himself. But Yeah. Not <laughs> but he also believes that his father may be on the surface alive. So... Yeah. If he sees to it, he may find it that it's in his best interest to align himself with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So we will see. Yeah, but he had to escape the room because <laughs> he was basically welded into the room. He went through the window out into space using his gravity belt buckle thing. And loses a personal item in the process. A, a few personal items. I mean, he... We he's, said one very specifically. Yeah, but he's, he didn't say what, but he's uh I mean he's opened his room to the vacuum of space now, so he's he can go back in there the way he came with his his mask thing and, and his gravity thing, but Yeah. 
It's it's not very convenient. Not that it after Coulson did what he did, it it, it stopped being convenient. So it's it's <laughs> yeah they don't trust him. But what other choice do they have but to follow him? And so he's going to help lead them away from uh, Mass Mohawk Man. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let's talk about the Cree then, because that's where I mean Mohawk is uh, the warrior, uh, the greatest warrior from Cassius's brother. <laughs> Falnock? Is that Falnock? Fal Falnock. Fal- yeah. This this just goes to me to that fantasy trope of just type a bunch of letters and a comma and an apostrophe and just let the readers figure out how to say it. But it's just <laughs> alien names don't have to be so weird that you can't wrap your mouth around it. You know, honestly, I am waiting for a character to be named Numfar. And I'm sure you don't know about this. A lot of listeners are probably laughing out loud right now because in the show Angel, there's a monster named Numfar. You only see him from a distance, and he is commanded to dance by his mother, who looks very much like a man. Um, and he, Numfar does a silly dance. And the actor is not credited, but it was discovered later that the actor was Joss Whedon. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you ever look up Numfar Joss Whedon on YouTube, I'm sure you can find the video of him dancing like a fool. <laughs> so I am waiting in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a creed to be named Numfar. It would fit. Yes, it, it would. It would totally fit. So, okay, so Cassius wants to catch Fitz and Simmons and Daisy. But what he wants is complicated by A, his brother, Falnock, Fal- his brother, B, his brother's attitude, and C, his brother's greatest warrior. And he he just wants to take care of it himself with Sonara, but his brother butts in and says, no, we're, we're sending in mohawk and we're going to show them how we spill blood and talks about how they find it unfair to hunt primitives using anything other than their own primitive weapons which kind of dumb okay <laughs> I, yeah i i can understand the idea later that he talks about because uh Cassius, uh i mean first Cassius has a problem with sonara and he has to have he has a little bit of a debate with her about who does what and why. And Cassius is just saying, let's just put up with my brother, let him play general for now. But, you know, we got to we got to let him do what he's going to do because he's the gate to father and, and the gate to freedom. She's a little bitter because uh, Cassius let him let, let the brother put her in the arena. But he convinces her to stick with him and uh, they have history. So it's not like she's totally turned against him. But the next discussion we have, and this is where the weapons thing comes up, and that's where his brother and Cassius, they have a philosophical discussion because Cassius appreciates the craftsmanship of old weapons, which makes sense. I mean, that's his character is mm-hmm. uh, the physicality of things and the, the perfection of things. And he appreciates that kind of thing. His brother considers that a misplaced priority because they're looking at these ancient weapons and he, even the choice of these ancient weapons, firearms, he says are fine for those who need the safety of distance. And basically he's calling out Cassius as a coward because Cassius brought shame to the family by abandoning his post at the end of a losing battle. And we're going to find out later some more of the truth behind that. But I do find it very interesting that they've built this character, Cassius in this way where a warfaring race, basically where you, you have all of these Cree who they're brutes and they appreciate battle and they want to fight and they, they do this and they kill and, and Cassius is all about beauty and he has Sonara at his side and, and uh, his brother suggests, you know, is that why she's by your side? Because she's beautiful. And we find out there's 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 history there. Though, 
how Cassius garners and manages the beauty that he holds around him, it's still in a very brutal way. It's just approached in a different method. Yeah, he's just not... It's not that he wants... He's willing to use violence, and he's willing to be savage, and he's willing to be brutal, but the the brutality is not the ends for him, but for his brother, for his brother and possibly his father, it sounds like it is. It is the ends. Like that's what they appreciate about life. Right. So I have a question. I might have an answer. Do you think we will meet their father? I said, I might have an answer. I don't even know. I mean, I obviously I don't know. But I don't even I don't even have a prediction. I can see them going either way with it. Yeah, I can see them possibly meeting him in the next pod. <laughs> or I could see them meeting him in the third pod of the season. Because he sounds like he is a formidable character. Or just next episode, honestly. <laughs> yeah, or he could be in the next episode. Who knows? Or he's dead, and then we go back to the past, and we meet him, and turns out Shield is the reason why he died in the first place. Yeah. Now it's interesting because I remember last season, and actually, not just last season, like the last couple of seasons, where things just moved fast. Yes. And things just happened, happened, happened. I don't feel that way for this this pod here. I don't feel like we're I don't feel like we're moving at a really brisk pace because we stayed in one location for so long. True, but there's a lot that has happened. I, mean, I, I thought I thought we'd be seeing more of Tess and she's gone. And well, and and, and huh. since we meet met her, there was like one or two episodes where she didn't even show up. Yeah, I, I just don't feel like we're moving around at that, along at that brisk clip of revelation, 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 and and then Finale, you know, this, this feels like, oh, just, just not. Yeah. Uh, just, there, a, there's not, there's, there's things happening, but it's not as big. Right. So, and I was also underwhelmed by this saying human weapons or, or Terran weapons, which same thing pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Um, are are so inferior, but yet I have they don't have any Kree weapons this season that I have. I haven't seen a lot of them, so I'm not really impressed by that statement. Well, I mean, for for the brother, it's the kind of thing. It's almost like the predator thing, where you know, in the movie Predator, the predators won't attack an unarmed uh, target. But the Kree do in this episode. They, well, but I mean, it, it's it's along those lines where he's saying, I will only, we, we will take them down with their own weapons. And it's a primitive culture. And so we won't use our more advanced weaponry. And and it's it's a personal choice. I, I don't get the idea that it's a Kree thing. It feels more like a personal thing for, uh, for Kasaias' brother and therefore for Mohawk as well. Okay. But it, it's kind of... If, if you want a good challenge, then yes, you want to have an even playing field. But if you have a really important objective, like, take them out, man. You know, yeah. Just take your big giant gun and, and take care of your problem, um, especially if you're evil. Which really proves that they're not they don't take um, humans as a threat. A serious threat, because otherwise, if they were terrified, yeah, they would have brought out the Kree weapons. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. You're right. Um, so now they're just playing games for the this episode. For, yeah, for most of the episode, as Mohawk is chasing them, it's it's they're playing games. It's it's not because they know they're going to get it. You know, they know they're going to come out on top at the end. Right. Well, you know what? That's not true. We did see a Kree weapon, and uh, that's with Sonara and those two balls. The um, 
the meditation balls that yeah. can float. <laughs> the, stre- the stress balls of death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that when he says we are going to use their weapons, I, I think that's a direct reference to like, you know, her using that, those things. It's just not honorable or it's not, I mean, she, it, it's cheating. You know, she's not the yeah. she's not the great warrior you say she is because she's using those when she fights against the humans. She's more terrifying than Mohawk guy because of them. Well, but Mohawk guy is pretty terrifying because he's just going around. He's asking people, do you know where they are? And if they say they don't, then they are dead. Mm. And he's it's an interesting interrogate interrogation technique. Uh, where you, if someone says they don't know anything, whether they know it or not, uh, if you just kill them right away, I mean, you're going to strike terror into everyone's heart. Um, because if, if you don't have an answer, you're dead. And if you want to lie, you're going to be dead. Yeah. And the, though, though I, I do wonder if that woman, the second person that he threatened to kill, I wonder if she had said, you might as well just slit my throat. Cause I don't know. I wonder I, I, what he would have done. <laughs> well, I know what he would have done. He would have slit her throat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think but the would, only. Would he have like been taken aback by, wait, I didn't expect that <laughs> response. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It probably. Went, oh, what? Oh, okay. What? <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, and then, you know, awful stuff happens. And, yeah. I, I know. feel like she, I mean, what, what do you do in a situation like that? You give him the answer he wants. There's no way you can bluff that answer, though. You know, he's going to find out if you were lying or not. And so if you have the answer he wants, you live if you give it to him. But if you don't have it or you don't want to give it to him, it's over for you. And that's a big complication. And actually, that's what it starts uh, kind of the Coulson storyline here is that Coulson and the team are dealing with the question of do they hide or do they make a move? But it's complicated by the Cree and the way that they're threatening people and the threat to the people means that the, the people eventually are going to sell them out. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, because the people don't have any kind of loyalty to the shield agents, uh, the Cree are coming. And if they know where the shield agents are, they will tell. Uh, and so they choose to run. They choose to regroup. And they choose to um, leave, but they will come back. This is where Flint realizes that Tess is gone and asks what happened to her. And we get some a really nice conversation between Mac and Flint as Mac goes to help him out. And and I love I love the the sentiment that Mac gives. I'm not here to tell you anything you don't already know. I'm just here. That's yeah. That's friendship. You know, like yeah. just it, I'm not I'm not going to fix things for you, man. You know, I'm going to let you sort through things. I'm here for you if you need me. And and when you're ready, let's talk. And yeah, I mean, because words have power. But if you want the words to have the intended power that you want them to have, you've got to wait for the right moment too. You know, the the right, all the best advice in the world will do no good if the person you're telling it to isn't receptive to it or doesn't want it at that point. And I love what Mac is doing. And he sits down, Flint says, it's not fair. And Mac says it never is. You know, like this is, this is Mac at his best. Well, Mac understands. Totally. I mean, he's lost his daughter twice. I mean, he understands pain and loss and he's a good guy and he he'll sit by anybody who has suffered a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know what that also what, what else he's doing there is, yes, he's gone through something similar, but he's also recognizing your pain is different than mine, you know, and like even if you're in the same family and something happens to your family. Like you lose a loved one in your family, grandparent, whatever, uh, everyone's pain comes from that same source in that situation, but everyone's pain is different. Absolutely. And, and that's another thing that Mac is recognizing is, you know, I, 
yeah, I've had some experience with this, but at the same time, yours, your pain is different. And man, just could we love Mac more? Yeah. I, <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> Maybe. You know, it's Mac. Maybe, but man, wisdom and friendship. That's, that's what you need to look for. in in, in a friend is you need someone who has wisdom, but who also has, I mean, wisdom means they have the right words, but know when to say it and, and friendship because they care, you know, and, and want to help you. So love yeah. them. Love you know them. what? Earlier this season, Mac was characterized as a big, scary guy. Here's the thing. He's a big old teddy bear. That's, that's why I love Mac. I mean, come down to it. He doesn't want to destroy. He wants to build. Mm-hmm. He wants to make things good. And that's why he's with S.H.I.E.L.D., who ironically do sometimes destroy, but he, <laughs> yeah. And I think so, so there's that part of him that, that recognizes this kind of stuff happens at shield. Yes. And he is a part of it. Prefer, preferably behind the scenes, you know? Yes. Um, but he's been forced into the, the front and yeah, but when it's all said and done, he wants the world to be a better place. And this is where he fits in himself and, and finds the place to help the world be a better place. Yes. And that's, that's the way we all are. You know, I mean, the majority, I want to say the majority of people actually want the world to be a better place. The question is, how do you fit into that? And, and where do you end up with that? And, um, and for him, it means he's 90 years in the future. (laughs) with fortunately with with the woman he loves yes yeah so what do we do what are they going to do the team comes together and they reunite and fitz needs medical attention uh (laughs) but mac wants to know the story like what happened how did fitz get there and I think it's Simmons who says story time can wait, but Mac then replies, no, not when the story includes time travel. I, again, <laughs> I'm with him. I'm with him. Um, yeah. They figure out May is on the surface, but they also figure out that Flint is gone and he is gone and turned himself in. So what do you think about this whole thing with Flint now? He goes to the Cree. He turns himself in because they are killing people to find him. They search him and they find rocks. Oh, I should have counted. I wish I had counted to see how many rocks he had because, you know, that's the whole, it reminds me a little bit of uh, David and Goliath. You know, David, <laughs> David goes down to the stream and he takes five stones, but then he uses only one you know, to, to strike down Goliath. But, uh, but interesting to see if he, if he had five stones there because it, how did he kill the guy? Cause he formed um, him into one rock and then shoots it at the guy. I can't remember where he actually hit the guy through the eye. Is it through the eye? Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting speaking of David and Goliath. Um, I actually saw a documentary about that story once and they did studies on human anatomy and there is a, point between the eyes that if it's hit with the right amount of pressure it it takes quite a bit that you can actually kill someone funny thing is is that it's just if you have a slingshot and you do sling it like the kind uh david had it's the right amount of pressure you just have to be very very accurate yeah yeah i mean they the slingshot that he had was the kind that it was used in warfare and right. you know you you actually it's swinging around your head and then you let go of one of the straps and it lets the stone go and i mean it's not the slingshot like Dennis Dennis the Menace had you know, yeah. in his back pocket but um the other thing i yeah. always wondered about that story is he's sitting down to he's getting ready to fight Goliath right and he he picks up five stones from the from the stream and what did he think he was going to do with the other four i mean he gets off one shot You've got one shot and then this guy's coming at you. And uh, do, do you think he get I, a chance to get off a couple more? Maybe. I don't know. You only needed one. I, yeah. I, I think that he picked up five because out just out of sheer hope. 
<laughs> just in case insurance, you know. Yeah, yeah. Insur- <laughs> so anyway, he uses those rocks and uses his power and and uses it to kill uh, one of the Kree. Uh, but then <laughs> Sonara is there. She hits him from behind, and so now he's bait. Uh, Coulson and the team are going to come and get him, and they do. They come to get him, and they send in. Uh, you know, Daisy goes and, and distracts Sonara. Coulson shoots her. Mohawk comes, but they do get away with Flint. And now they've changed the plan because Fitz's ship has been destroyed. But their plan is now to escape on a trawler to the surface. And as they are discussing their plan, Sonara and Mohawk are coming. And I think this leads. And, and Samantha, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think this leads to the best line in the entire series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Say it. They're asking, what do we do? And Coulson says, come on. A room full of secret agents, scientists, and superheroes. Someone give me something. And I don't know if this is the first time that superhero has been used to actually describe the people with the power in, in a non-ironic way, you know, in the MCU. But superhero is not a word that's been used much. And yeah. I I love it. That Coulson is just, come on. And this is Coulson. What does Coulson do? Coulson is the one who pushes the people with the talents to, you know, he leads them well. He, he pushes them to find the answers. And so I, I I love that line. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, that is so cool. The way he just said that a room full of secret agents, scientists and superheroes. Someone give me something. And what do they have? A gravity belt. <laughs> They're going to use it. Use it basically to go up the chimney. Uh, it, it's an air vent that they're going to use to get up, but it's basically a chimney. And and this is, I, I'm curious. I, I want to know if Daniel felt tense in this whole scene because Mohawk and Sonara are trying to get through and they're shooting holes in the wall and they're, they're placing explosives. And one by one, they're going up the chimney uh, using the, uh, using Deke's uh, gravity belt buckle thing. Uh, and they escape. And they get out, but I felt tense. I felt. I felt tense. I, I was wondering: are are they going to make it? Is is anyone going to be left behind? They all make it, and there is a sense of relief when that happened. But uh, you know, who doesn't make it though is is Mastodon, uh, <laughs> Mohawk, Sonara kills him. Right, just just uses the stress balls of death, shoots him in the back with him. I mean, he's dead. Just dead. I'm kind of glad she does that. Me too. He's a bit of a loose cannon. Well, and I like, this is going to sound bad, but I, I, there's a part of me that's rooting for Cassius and Sonara. Uh, Yeah. You know, in in this whole situation that Cassius has with his brother and his dad, they're evil, but I'm kind of rooting for them. Well, I think it's because they're the lesser evils. Amongst all the evils this right now. Well, and we're going to find out some of more of the backstory. We're going to talk about that momentarily, but uh, I, I feel for him. Even in the beginning of this uh, episode where the brother is just kind of coming in and just kind of taking over. And I feel for him, even though he's like, he's super evil. Cassius is not a good person. But I feel for no. him. Though um, I did notice something rewatching the last episode. Cassius is their family name. It's not his given name. Oh, really? Yeah, because Falnock said some, his brother said something about um, you bring shame to the Cassius name. Hmm. So, yeah, I well, don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not a given, or maybe it's not a surname so much as uh, a name that gets passed on from from generation to generation. True. And Fal- it might be like. Might be a, a family name like some people. The name John is passed yeah, on, yeah. And, yeah. and maybe the brother is like he didn't get it. You know, he it, his brother gets the name, but his you know his brother is this idiot art collector. You know, he doesn't deserve that name. But yeah, or maybe their father's name is Cassius. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. maybe maybe we'll find out. 
Maybe yeah. we'll find out. Uh, so they escape. They need to get away out of there. Um, Flint is the only one who can fly the, the ship because uh, oh, Virgil from the first episode had taught Flint a little bit about piloting a ship. But he's not going. He is staying with his people. And the reason he went to the Cree was Max pep talk. You know, you, you've got these powers. You're going to you can use them to help your people, you know, help, help your, your friends and family. But he's not going to go. And so Mac and Yo-Yo stay with Flint while the other go into the ship. I don't know. Samantha, what are you thinking when Mac and Yo-Yo stay behind? Uh, I was a little taken aback. By Flint. Of course, Flint could always fly them to the surface and then go back. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried. Uh, I think in, in one of our, uh, I, no, it was a conversation. It was, it was a Facebook uh, conversation. It wasn't in an email. Um, Michael, I think it was, who has, has been a, a co-host on, on the, the podcast. He uh, said he predicted. Dix, I think he's predicting that uh, Mac and Yo-Yo are staying in the future. Oh. And so when this happened, I'm just, oh, wait. I don't, huh. I don't like this. But it's possible. But they're, I, they're both signed on as regulars this season. I don't know. I mean, Fitz was signed on as a, as a regular, but he... Missed out on the first, what, three episodes, four episodes, five, uh, four, five episodes. Yeah. yeah something like that. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be Eeyore about this though. I am 100%, uh, piglet <laughs> about this. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to stay around. Yeah, I, th I think so too. <laughs> so we get the next best line. Of this episode. Maybe not the next best line of the series, but the next best line of this episode. And that is uh, they get on the ship. Oh, Fitz, by the way, tells tells Mac that there's a shield tech on level three. <laughs> and that's where all the roaches are. The the monsters. So yeah, they, and then they're like, what? And he's like, I, I, I they weren't I here. Time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they weren't here when he put them there. And okay. I they get on the ship, and it's Coulson who is going to pilot the ship. And this is what he says. The second best line of this episode. I've got a flying car. How different can it be? Famous last words. Uh, actually, I think that's the dumbest line I've ever heard Coulson say. No, I think that's him recognizing that he is the best option but it's still not a good option for piloting the thing. That's a, that's, true. that's false optimism that he's, he's putting out there and, and having fun with. But anyway, which is a leadership thing, you yeah, know, yeah. as we learned from captain Kirk, Oh, so many years ago, or not captain Kirk, captain Picard, all those years ago, the episode where he and, um, and, um, uh, her name's suddenly sl slipped my mind. The doctor crusher, on, no, crusher, Dr. Crusher, when their minds were linked, and she could read his mind and she found out that, you know, most of the time he's just kind of making a decision and going in that direction. And he really doesn't know where they're going to land, but he's just pretending to to have, you know, confidence that that's the right decision. And I think that's what Coulson's trying to do, but it's not exactly flying so well. No. Nope. Well, literally, it's not flying so well <laughs> because it turns out flying the spaceship is not as easy as flying a car. No. I imagine flying a car is not that easy, uh, um, especially when, you know, there's no landing gear. Well, the other thing is, I mean, you got a steering wheel, but, you know, there's where's your up and down, uh, your your altitude or what, your, your attitude, right. is, whatever. But. <laughs> where's yeah. the little thingy on the dash that shows the horizon? Oh, there isn't one. <laughs> Because there yeah. is no horizon in space. <laughs> well, there is on their destination, though, and, and they're they're getting there. But, uh, yeah, that's 
that's Coulson and the team. And there's just yeah, they're they're going, they're hopefully gonna find May. But where is May? Well, the surface of the earth has wind and atmosphere and dead leaves and May and monsters. And Enoch saves her at the last minute, talks to her and uh, makes the blue disappear because he was pretending to be a Cree, tells her he's here to aid her. Uh, but she recognizes him as the guy from the diner. <laughs> and that does not help uh, his his case. A gravity storm is coming and the roaches are running away because they are afraid of something, not the gravity storm. And then a chain cloth thing grabs Enoch and pulls him away. And then the gravity storm starts to pull May up and another chain cloth thing pulls her down. And at the other end is a guy in a mask. And then May wakes up in the Zephyr and she's been rescued by some people. And who has she been rescued by? Well, an old lady who's holding a Robin. Who looks really, really good for 97 years old. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, maybe, you know, the lack of atmosphere, you know, helps keep you look look about 20 years younger. Of course, I, I look about 10 years younger than I actually am, which can lead to some really confusing and embarrassing situations when I go, you know, to deal with a friend at a local college campus. I I, I, I think I just look what I am. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Robin's there. Yay. And and she should be, you know, Uh, I wasn't expecting her to be a part of things, but they are pulling those threads from previous episodes and they're saying, hey, let's Gravitronium and, and hey, Robin and Cree and it's it's all it's all coming together this I mean this arc is not I'm assuming that this arc in space in the future is not going to be the final arc for for our people but boy it it sure could you know the way that they're playing fast and loose by bringing these old things back in so yeah yeah though it it does seem like the producers behind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feel that, hey, this series is coming to an end. Let's go ahead and pull in that stuff that we were hoping to get to later. Might as well go ahead and do it now. (laughs) And you know what? It's turned, I think it's turning into some interesting stuff. I think it's turning some really interesting stuff. Yeah. So, the last the last bit to talk about here is Sonara. Sonara arrives to Cassius and the brother and has news. The they escaped and the brother wants to send Mohawk after them, but he's dead. So the brother sees this as an opportunity to have Sonara join him. Once he realizes that she defeated his greatest warrior, she, she should be with him. Right. And Cassius sees this as an opportunity to kill his brother. He stabs him in the back with the, uh, uh, what do you call the knife on the, the front of the rifle? Bayonet. The bayonet. Stabs him with a bayonet. And uh, we find out that Cassius's shame of that losing battle was actually a suicide mission that he was sent on. His father did not expect him to come back. He sent him out. And, yeah, and this is Cassius's brother calls him a coward who just stabs people in the back. And then Cassius says, and the front. <laughs> <laughs> stabs him in the front then. And so both Mohawk and Cassius's brother are killed because they are attacked from behind by Sonara and or Cassius. And now he has a great plan. He will go to his father after avenging his brother's death. And so he will not only bring the destroyer of worlds to his father, he will also avenge his brother's death because obviously someone else killed his brother, not him. Oh, it was one of the escaped humans. Exactly. They grabbed the bayonet and they stabbed him in the back and we killed that human. Yep. And look, here, here's, here's your 
deceased favorite son, but I am here to comfort you Aren't and you to avenge. Aren't you proud of me, Daddy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cree Daddy issues. That is what this yeah. season is all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think that uh, we are going to meet their father sometime this season. I, I think especially once you take into consideration this idea that he will bring the the destroyer of worlds to his father and avenge his brother's death uh, to his father. You know, that's, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Well, that's this episode. I think, uh, let's see, I think we have one bit of feedback here, so I will get that up and we will switch over to listener feedback. Shield field report. All right, so we just have one piece of listener feedback today, and that is, I think, from Agent 084. Is that correct? Yes. All right, let's hear it. Hey, agents, I totally knew Robin was going to show up in the future, but I was half half expecting the two masked people with her to be Bobby and Hunter somehow. The season has been amazing so far, especially the effects. I like that in the last episode, they made the villains infected infinitely more interesting as well i agree also did anyone notice season one fits making a comeback at the end of the episode when when mac calls him out for putting shield (laughs) gear on the third floor he throws a small fit that really reminded me of his earlier personality good to know that in addition to the doctor persona fitz has that old version of himself in there too P.S. Thanks for my first ever no prize. It felt great to finally not get one of those. <laughs> Thank you, 084. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I forgot about that. That that scene with Fitz was fun because I think we're, we're losing sight of the fact that I came through time to rescue you. <laughs> and yeah, it's true, though. I mean, but at the same time, you know how it is. You get distracted by things, you know, like being chased by murdering Cree warriors causes you to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, I kind of do agree with Gemma that I kind of miss the old fits where he's wearing the cardigans and in the lab doing nerdy stuff and and so on. Yeah. Well, we just might get back to it. Maybe that will be what he wears to his wedding. Is that cardigan? Yes, or or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for us to go i think and uh you know samantha you, you probably don't know what it's like to be a parent to teenagers but i think i need to get going because i do have teenagers in the house right now and i mean basically when you have teenagers they expect two things out of you you can submit willingly or entertain me those are your options Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. You can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. So, uh, Samantha, uh, yes. if you go to welcomelevel7.com slash infinity, do you know what you find? Mm, what? You will find our other podcast, which is its own feed. So it's not part of this feed. And and if you want to hear uh, this this thing, welcome to level uh, – it's welcome to Infinity Initiative – uh, where we are going through all the movies week by week from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you want to find that, it's not going to show up in this feed. You have to subscribe to Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. 
if you want to go to our website and just find those episodes, just go to welcomelevel7.com slash infinity. And it's not an art that website that I just gave you, welcomelevel7.com slash infinity. It's not an RSS feed. It's just the blog posts that are exclusive to the that series. And do you know what happened in episode three, which we just posted recently? I know it's about Iron Man 2, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Well, you know, we're trying to bring in multiple hosts. Stuart is our main guy with that feed. Uh, I was on episode one and episode two. I believe you're signed up for an upcoming episode. But yes. the co-host for these Iron Man 2 episode, Dandy Daniel Butcher, returns. Yay! He is back to talk about Iron Man 2. And those of you who know Iron Man 2 and who know Daniel Butcher know why he is talking about Iron Man 2. But yes, it happened. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a fun episode. So just throwing there's, that out there for you. There's a reason if you have not listened to the episodes, the earlier episodes with Daniel, there's a reason why we call him the hot mess. But, you know, we still love him around here. He's a good guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't call him that, by the way. Uh, those, <laughs> those of you who know me know that I, I would not, could not, will will not call him that. But, That's a name he gave himself. <laughs> but you, you, you may. Yeah. You, go ahead. Uh, I'm not, but I, I continue to use it because it's, it's fun. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good episode, too. And yeah. And they talk about more. Uh, you know, they talk about the MCU stuff too, but it's when you, when you talk about Daniel's interests, uh, Iron Man two is basically where almost everything he's interested in converges into one. So, yep. So that's it. And, uh, I think it's time to shut this down. So thanks, Samantha. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye.